This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Find an extra for myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Biggie week, big, big weekend to recap. Today, we're going to look back on a huge night in Abu Dhabi as Dimitri Bivol reinstated his claims as the fighter of the year for 2022 with another impressive display, this time beating the unbeaten Gilberto Zordo Ramirez. We'll discuss what's next for the fearsome Russian, a rematch with Canelo, maybe at 168, that's been mentioned, as well as a much-anticipated unification bout with Artur Baturbiev. What do you do if you can, uh, Dimitri Bivol? We'll discuss it with Gareth. Uh, Chantelle Cameron had a night to remember. She unified all the belts at Super Lightweight with a win over Jessica McCaskill, and I'm delighted to say that she'll be joining us live very shortly. We'll also chat about another big fight this weekend for Tasha Jonas and Floyd Mayweather's latest exhibition. He takes on Deji, the brother of YouTube star KSI. For your winner, by unanimous decision, he's still undefeated and still the WBA Heavyweight Champion of the World, Dimitri Bebo. It's a dream come true for Chantel Cameron, who now becomes the undisputed super lightweight champion of the world. temperature you seem like a pretty cool guy and your brother he's a pretty cool guy and I want you guys to continue to uh, build your following on your social media platforms you guys are doing a hell of a job Floyd as he called it's just rubbing the bank he says he's rubbing the bank without um, 
a pistol. That's what he said. That's, that's what Floyd said. This is how easy this is for him. Uh, he takes on uh, Deji, younger brother of KSI, this weekend in Dubai. It's on Sunday, by the way. A lot of people think that fight's on Saturday. Uh, let's welcome in the great Gareth A. Davis to the show. Uh, busy weekend ahead. Busy weekend to look back on. Let's start with the weekend just gone in Abu Dhabi. Uh, headlined by Dimitri Bivol versus uh, Zerdo Ramirez. The unbeaten someone's O's got to go. That's what slogan was being thrown around the whole weekend. Uh, Bivol just looks on another level, if I'm honest with you, Gareth. From the very first round, looked like this is a guy that was going through the gears and I think had more gears if Zerdo caused him any problems. Yeah, he was very comfortable in there, wasn't he, Addy? Um, Dimitri Bivol, as you rightly pointed out at the top of the show, I think he's definitely very highly in contention uh, as the fighter of the year, a couple of amazing performances, of course, mm. against Canelo and now against Ramirez. Um, there, there was kind of some element saying that Zerdo Ramirez's record was slightly padded, but he's a very, very decent fighter. I've seen him several times live. Um, but Bivol, like you say, just looked a class above. Uh, um, you know, there's levels in this sport and he was the level above um he boxed when he wanted to box. He fought when he wanted to fought. He was always one step ahead. And I f found Ramirez, as the fight went on, actually mentally more exhausted than physically broken. He just could not find a way uh, into the fight. And where does it send Bivol? I would love to see the undisputed fight with uh, Arta Baturbiev, who holds three the other three belts, of course, um, rather than the Canelo rematch. Um Obviously, for him, a Canelo rematch will afford him more money because mm. uh, it's a bigger event, and he will take that if it's on offer, I'm sure. Uh, but when I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago or going into fight week last week, he said he wanted to unify the division or become undisputed. Yeah. And I give him a very good chance against Baturbiev, um, because it may genuinely be bull against the Matador in this fight. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think I it's the ultimate test for him, you know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And look, I guess either side, he's got shots at being undisputed in two weight classes because there, there's a lot of talk in Abu Dhabi that if he does fight Canelo, it will have to be at 168. Like Canelo mm. doesn't want to do 175 and there's been questions whether or not Bivol can make 168. He's not the biggest light heavyweight, especially when I look at the likes of Callum Johnson and Baturbiev and even Callum Smith in there as well. So, I mean, you've got undisputed at 168, more money maybe bigger fight because it is Canelo or do you go undisputed 175 Turbio less money but maybe when it's all said and done a bigger fight in terms of that's harder like what would you do like what would you advise him to do money Canelo, money, money. Yeah, all the time anyway. money where he is in his career money fight Canelo again he's got nothing to lose because mm. he's going to have to wait drain but he's got nothing to lose if he loses to Canelo I think he's got Canelo's number anyway yeah um he just put on a better performance than he did even did against Canelo. Um, Canelo will come rejuvenated and reinvigorated against him, but Bivol is in his brilliant patch right now. So, yes. um, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, what is he, 29, 30? Yeah. I would take the money. I is would he, take is the he money Gareth, is he a special fighter? You've been covering the sport for 30 years. When, when you look at Bivol, do you, do you feel like you're watching a special fighter or just a very good fight, elite fighter, but is he special? He's starting to remind me of Andre Ward. Oh, good, um, good shout. Who always had the blueprint for whoever he stepped in against, whether he got knocked down, uh, whether he had to find a different way. The second time he ever fought anyone, he was better. Like yeah. when he fought um, Kovalev. Kovalev. Yeah. Dougie Kovalev, he was so much better in the second fight. 
Um, it was a close first fight. I was at both fights. Um, he reminds me of Andre Ward, and he's just coming into that period. Bivol has been on our radar um, for a while because of all the light heavyweights in the UK, from Craig Richards, who fought him and lost him uh, unanimously on points, to Joshua Boatsy and Anthony Yard and all those other guys that you mentioned there. But um, no, he's just, he is now, this is what happens. Sometimes people start to signal their greatness. Um, and he started on that journey now. And, um, you know, he, he clearly belongs in the pound for pound list. Yeah, it certainly does. Look, we're going to talk about Probably what next for him and, and other stuff with yeah. Dimitri before as well. Uh, Chantel Cameron's going to join us next, the now undisputed champ at 140 pounds. I thought she was comfortable in that fight for, well, comfortable is the wrong word. I thought she was winning the fight. Um, quite convincingly for the first five or six and then Jessica McCaskill's sort of just strength and will made it slightly interesting but overall I thought it was a very very good performance from Chantel Cameron against a very awkward Jessica yeah. McCaskill like very just almost Mary McGee like just nothing was normal the way in which yeah. she was throwing punches was strange yeah. I don't know how you find sparring for that so I thought Chantel done well to adjust throughout the fight she did. It was like fighting. She's like, she's had, it's like Popeye's had some spinach when she fights. <laughs> yeah, you know? And she just lets her arms go and she flails herself all over the place. I thought Cameron kept her shapes better and she was looking to time McCaskill. McCaskill looked wild at times and, and kind of um, just caution to the wind. Mm. Um, I, I think Cameron's a really solid fighter. It's brilliant now. We've got an undisputed uh, light welterweight champion, uh, an undisputed middleweight champion, an undisputed super middleweight champion, and an undisputed lightweight champion, all in the women's divisions. Are there more? Because um, yeah. I'm talking HH Diva, Franchon Cruz de Son, um, uh, Clarissa Shields, mm. uh, now Chantel Cameron, Katie Taylor. It's brilliant for women's boxing, yeah, frankly. And we're so close to others. I mean, think Alicia Baumgartner's got three. Yeah. Troy's the next yeah. one. Tasha yeah. Jonas, Terry Harper. Like we're very close to a couple more in the division as well. And I, I guess that's what it should be. There almost seems to be this thing brewing of UK versus the US. Like mm -hmm. All the matchups seem to be that, which is very good as well, which obviously helps to sell the fights. A uh, quick word on, on Zelfa Barrett. I thought he was very brave against Shafkat Rakimov. Yeah. Nearly pulled off the upset, right? Had Rakimov down. And in the end, and I spoke to Zelfa last night, in the end, uh, it was only a five-week fight camp and maybe didn't have the that X factor in his punches to keep Rakimov off because Rakimov just kept on going forward. And I think after round four or five, it just seemed inevitable that Rakimov was going to get to him. It just, it it was just that, that fight for him, as we've seen with many other people down the years, he just lacked that tiny bit of experience. Mm, good shot. Getting himself through those last few rounds, knowing that he was ahead and not experience because he's got, um, Pat Barrett in the corner who really knows the sport inside out but not having the experience of having gone there before he was if he was in that situation again he might have been able to get on his bike for a little bit have a round or two where he boxed um, you know it was one of the performances of the night I know that Eddie Hearn was very kind to him afterwards and, and said uh, the under fire Eddie, Eddie Hearn by the way um, who's feeling the heat at the moment I think certainly is um, from not cancelling that fight between Ben and Eubank. We won't stop talking about it until he comes out and says, you know, I made a big mistake there. When Eddie admits he's made a big mistake, then we know it won't happen again. Um, but I think he was very kind to Zelf, I'd say it was the performance of the night. 
Um, because Zelfa was so close, he never ever gave up when he was struggling towards the end of that contest, mm. and it just showed a champion's heart. So he was very unlucky. Yeah, very very unlucky. And look again, I, I, I think he shows that he's close to that level, maybe at that level. And again, it's small things at the really highest level. Small things that I'm sure him and Pat will go back and look at the tape and work on. Uh, Floyd uh, fights this weekend in Dubai uh, on a Sunday. Uh, takes on Deji. Uh, we are going to be hearing from Deji. That you spoke with very very shortly just in terms of Deji how is he is he is he excited is he nervous I mean does he realize who he's fighting like what's his mindset going into this one well I was with the pair of them Deji and Mayweather they're not a very likely pairing <laughs> um, at, at, at the York Hall Bethnal Green on Friday night and and Tommy Fury and Jack Fincham and all these other guys Anthony Taylor making a lot of noise John Fury taking his jacket off at one point um, God knows what he would have done to Anthony Taylor if he'd got his hands on him. Um, there might have been limbs all over the York Hall. Um, but um, I think it was a lot of parody and a lot of fun. Deji's very laid back. Mm. I went to interview him in his dressing room as well as having him on the show on Saturday night, which was fantastic on, on Talk Sports Fight Night Show. I know we're going to hear from him in a minute. But um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's pinching himself. I, I, I think he almost can't believe that he's, you know, in an exhibition about Floyd Mayweather. And, and and I tried to put it to Floyd that, you know, Deji's got 10.7. I, I said 10.2 on Saturday night. He said, no, no, it's 10.7. I got, I was half a million subscribers out, I hasten to add, naughty me. Um, but those 10.7 million followers are going to see a master in, in Floyd Mayweather. Like you say, Mayweather's on about robbing the bank with no pistol. He isn't really, because what he's doing is he's showcasing skills that go back 30 years or mm. 35 years, 30, 37 years. He started boxing when he was five, six, seven. So what do I make of it? It's a bit of fun. I'm glad Floyd's involved. It, Floyd's a legend in the sport. He's the greatest I've ever seen live. Agreed. Um, Agreed. 100%. And, 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 and long may it rain. And, and he also kind of let slip on Friday night that he's talking... Um, with Keen, I can't remember Keen's surname now, his, his agent here from Front Row, about, from the company Front Row, about having uh, an exhibition in the UK next year. Yeah, and given that Ricky Hatton's fighting, well, given that Ricky Hatton's fighting Marco Antonio Barrera on Saturday night, I know we'll talk about that a bit later, could, does does Floyd against Ricky work in an exhibition? Uh, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. I, I but... don't think Floyd's going to want to fight that type of fighter anymore. I think no. he looked at this YouTube scene and thought, I can clear up here. Yeah. That anyone yeah. with 20 million followers, I can get in the ring and fight. And you know what? Someone said to me, why is Floyd and, and Ricky still fighting? I'm like, well, if you think of every other sports star, there is like the senior tours, don't they? They want to continue to do it. Boxers, yeah. unfortunately, can't. So Floyd thinks, you know what? Yeah. I can do this yeah. without getting hurt. I can get in the ring, big audience, and he enjoys doing it. So as long as he's fighting guys like this, I'm okay with it. When it gets serious and, you, and you're fighting guys that are professional boxers that are maybe coming to the end, that I really don't want to see. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, Chantel Cameron will join us. Really looking forward to speaking to her. And we're going to hear from Deji, the younger brother of KSI, who fights Floyd Mayweather this weekend in Ab sorry in Dubai, live on DAZN pay-per-view. Next up, though, we're going to map out what's next for one of the finest fighters in the world at the moment, a certain Dimitri Bivol. <laughs> For your winner, by unanimous decision, he's still undefeated and still the WBA Light Heavyweight Champion of the World, 
done to Mr. David Diamante. Happy birthday to David Diamante as well. 51 today. Um, I don't know how he kept going with his voice. He kept complaining throughout the night about my voice. And I, at one stage, they were looking at me. I was like, well, what are you doing? I, did not, I, I have no way am I getting in that ring to do that. But um, he carried on, soldiered through it. And as you heard there, he announced Dimitri Bivol was the winner. And it was a comfortable victory in the end. Never comfortable with boxing, but, you know, in terms of the scorecards, comfortable for Dimitri Bivol. Um, I think we're looking at a special fight. I have to be honest with you, Gareth, I, I've slept on. I've slept on. I, I, look, we saw him against Joe Smith. I saw him against Greg Richards. And I thought, okay, he's good. He's good. But I didn't see special. And now I watch him. His hands are so loose. His feet are great. He's, he's got respectable punch power. I saw Gilberto Ramirez at times have him on the ropes. And I was thinking, okay, go on, Gilberto. This is your chance. He was scared to unload because he was fear of the counter. He can do everything. He's a complete boxer. I don't know what he can't do. And I like that. I like that going forward because I think for him now going forward, it's a case of being pound for pound number one, undisputed at either weight class. The future's bright. The future's bivol. Yeah, I mean, he was brilliant. It was a brilliant bivol that we saw on on Saturday night. Um, and one of the reasons why you you have been sleeping on him is because he's he doesn't shout and scream, and he and he doesn't if he's got, if he's lacking one thing, it's the ability to sell himself. You know, yeah, he doesn't over celebrate. He's very Eastern European in that way. Obviously, I think he's half Kazakh and half. Korean, isn't he? Is there, uh, I think it is Korean, yeah. I think it's half Korean, half yeah, Mum's Korean. Mum's Korean. He's a, he's a very, very um, contained character. He loves the sport. He's been doing it since he was a little boy. Had a lovely chat to him about that in Fight Week. Um, and he's always been in love with boxing. He reminds me, he's got a very similar attitude to boxing that Gennady Golovkin's got, in my view. Mm. Um, ca- carries himself with the same air, actually. But I don't disagree with you. He could be headed to the top of the pound-for-pound pound list, along with, I think, Shaka Stevenson, who I am yes, good show. kind of nailed my colours to the mast with. But, yeah, it was just a brilliant performance. The, the timing, the the the... Just the, the, the meticulousness with which he does things, the comfort. When a boxer looks so comfortable in there, obviously the first few rounds are always a bit of a struggle and, you know, they're trying to find their feet and their range and all those things. But once he'd settled into a rhythm in that fight, it was just, a, it was an extraordinary, it was a masterclass. You have to call it a masterclass. Because mm. um, Ramirez is a dangerous fighter and a southpaw, of course. And he dealt with all of those angles and everything. So... Yeah, hats off to him. And like you say, the, the the thing now is the future pick for him. Eddie Hearn wants him to fight Canelo, obviously, because that's a massive draw. Yeah. And a big, big fight with Canelo trying to avenge defeat. And Canelo feeling he won that first fight. But it's good if he goes down to 168 because it opens his options. Um, and and the, the the what we've seen from Bivol this year, I give him more and more chance against Baturbiev, who's quite limited but very powerful. Mm. So the key in that fight, and he is a bigger guy. I know they're in the same weight class, but the key with uh, Baturbiev is to 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 beat him to the punch and then reset and move, which he's very capable of doing. He could do that for 12 rounds. Yeah, he um, didn't look like he was blowing at the end of the fight. No. He's got this very almost poker face where even if yeah. he's tagged, you don't, you don't see a reaction to it. And, yeah. and I think it was a good test for him on Saturday because, look, although Gilberto has campaigned at 168, he's a lot bigger than Bivol. 
a lot bigger. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to kind of get in there with the bigger man and at times, you know, start throwing hands and that risk of a counter coming back, he was he was welcomed and warmed to it. I asked him, like, why the... Like, he was so confident fight week. And I said, look, why are you so confident? Like, almost bordering on arrogance. And he looked no. at me and said, well, I've been doing it since I was six. Yeah. And that was it. And I, I understood. As soon as he said that, I didn't need to kind of follow up. I was like, I get it. You've been doing yeah. it since you were six. So it's all so natural to you where you see a lot of fighters and you almost feel like they're thinking all the time. Like, oh, what have I got to do next? For him, it's just so, almost Lomachenko, just so easy. Usyk, so easy. I've been doing it since I was six. Look, I t I, he does make it look easy. And I've got to say at this point, I've just remembered that I'm really excited about a fight that's just being made at super middleweight. Mm. Caleb Plant and David Benavidez because... Uh, that's a fight that's really going to be a, a rock'em sock'em robot fight. And yeah. I think David Benavidez is one of the overlooked guys in that super middleweight division right now. He and he, I, I'd like to see Canelo in against him. By the way, as well, I think that's a great fight if that can be made. I don't know if you rate Benavidez. I, I certainly do. I, I do, and happy you said that because I, I asked Oscar about like because initially, obviously, I said, look, Oscar, if, if Gilberto beats. Uh, Canelo, sorry, uh, Gilberto beats Bivol. Will you do, or will you try and make Gilberto versus Canelo? And he said, well, you know, Canelo has already made excuses about not fighting Mexicans, which mm -hmm. we know we've heard Canelo say in the past. So as excited I am about Benavidez, it looks like Canelo might be sticking to the I don't fight Mexicans thing. But I think Benavidez is one of those fighters that could go up to 175 very, very soon. Again, another very, very big super middleweight. And I make him favourite against Caleb Plant. I, I think he's got a bit of everything. I know he had problems outside the ring a few years ago. He seems to have sorted all those things out now. So, yeah, I think Benavidez is a great shout. Look, we're getting good matchups. May not be getting the yeah, matchups we, we want, but we're getting good matchups. We are, and you've got to look. Gilberto Gilberto Ramirez was the mandatory. He was number one ranked fighter in the um, in the WBA. what is it WBA. WBA? Yeah. So, what I am fascinated by at the moment is Boatsy's two there. Dan Aziz is three. Um, Yard is nine, Richards is 10, and Callum Smith uh, in the WBC mm. uh, at one, Joshua Batsy at two, Anthony Yard at three, Dan Aziz at nine, Callum Johnson at 10. I can go down the others. Anthony Yard is three uh, with the IBF. We got a, a group and, and one with uh, WBO. We've got a group of British boxers coming towards those guys who are going to have to meet them at some point as well, by the way. You know, you mentioned Boatsy there, Gareth. You mentioned Boatsy there. Obviously, he was he was ringside, and yeah, you know, he's done a lot of interviews saying that you know Bivol's good, but I saw mistakes and openings. If and look, we look Yard's going to take on Baturbiev in February. We don't know what's going to happen. Injuries. Baturbiev seems to be picking up injuries. Canelo's hand surgery. We don't know if he's going to be fully ready for May. Could Boatsy be the stopgap fight? And I feel disrespectful saying that because Boatsy deserves a bit more than just being a stopgap fight. But could Bivol think, you know what, whilst I'm waiting to see what happens with a Canelo or Baturbiev, I could come to London and fight Boatsy or I could do it in Abu Dhabi again? Yeah, if they can make enough money out of it and make it a big enough fight, then it is viable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Boatsy gives him a very, very good challenge, as good as anyone in that division, really, mm -hmm. apart from Baturbiev right now. I mean, yes. Because Boatsy is super tough, super, um, yeah. and 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 he's you know we don't know until he reaches that level how much he's got in him, and he might have it in him. We don't know yet because Joshua again is exactly the same size as Bivol. Yep, um, 
incredibly strong physically, um, very, very determined. He might, we will say this about Joshua forever, but um, he's Joshua Boetze, but he he's had a slow burn since the uh, Rio Olympics in 2016 where he won the bronze, but it might be his time and he might get that shout. And if Eddie wants to do it, he will, but I know that he wants the Canelo fight for, for Bivol, doesn't he? And he's mm. come out publicly and said that. Yeah, yeah, he certainly has. All right, you're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, Chantel Cameron will join us. We're going to hear also from Floyd Mayweather and Deji, the pair meet in a shock. And it is a shock exhibition fight this weekend in Dubai. Next up, though, we're going to be joined by the new unified super lightweight champion. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For your winner, by unanimous decision, and the new undisputed super lightweight champion of the world, Chantel Il Capo! It's a dream come true for Chantel Cameron. It certainly was a dream come true. It's weird, though. I was ringside and I was looking at Chantel as the scorecards are being read out, and she's almost like praying. Eyes were closed. And, just, I was, and I was like, you shouldn't be nervous. You've won this easily. But I then thought, okay, wait, I get it. It's Jack Cattrall, Jamie Bourne, where they thought they'd won and beat Josh Taylor, and you just don't know. You just never know when it comes to the judges. But she got the decision. She's now the undisputed champ, 140 pounds. And now, what's well, big fight after big fight after big fight. That's what we want. Chantel Cameron uh, joins us now. Um, Shan, how's the face a bit? Is the, is the nose still, you know, you know, not looking great and the mouth a bit puffy? Sorry, what's that? I said, how's the <laughs> face looking a bit? I mean, when I saw you yesterday, you know, you looked a bit bruised up. Is it starting to heal? Is it getting worse? It's getting worse now. It's still swollen. It's still sore. And uh, it's starting to, like, get a bit irritating now because I've got the plaster and I'm not too off because my skin's, like, flapping. So <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit, uh, bit nasty, yeah. Has it all sunk in, 
Chan. Like you, you've got back home. I've seen the pictures of you of the belt and the belt in the bed, and you're obviously back home now, and you've been around friends and family that maybe couldn't have travelled. Has it all sunk in that you are undisputed? Like that, that's it. Now you've got all the belts in the division plus the ring magazine belt. I mean, me and Tony were doing our top five pound for pound. Fi- you're in our top five now as well. Like all these accolades are going to come your way. Has that all sunk in? Oh, it's definitely not sunk in. I think um, we only got back yesterday as well, so I've done a lot of travelling. And uh, it just still doesn't feel real yet. I, th- I think uh, some of my teams, I asked some of that, have been texting me saying it's not sunk in. I'm thinking, it's not sunk in for me, even I'm the one that's fighting. So uh, <laughs> I think it's going to take a couple of days for it to really sink in Like what what's happened. For me, it's just, I'm just tired because of the travelling, the whole come down mm. of the fight. But yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon though because uh, I feel like I've proved myself now. I've proved myself that I'm one of the one of the best female fighters there is in the UK and world. Can I ask you, Addy just mentioned there about towards the end of the fight, it looked like you were praying. I mean, did you not know you'd won the fight? I was watching it doing the TalkSport fight night in the studio and you'd yeah. clearly won the fight. Um, did you not realise that? Do you know what it is, guys? It's the fact that it's boxing. And I've had, an, in the amateurs, I've had enough experience where I've won every round. Of, obviously, in the amateurs, it's four rounds where I beat the girl around the ring from uh, pillar to post and I've not got the decision. And uh, you've seen some decisions lately in boxing where it has gone the other way. So I didn't want to be like a one-on-one where you don't know what the judges are looking for. And you can, you can feel confident in the ring and feel like, oh, yeah, I'm winning this. But then you don't get the decision. So uh, it was such a big fight for me where I didn't know if I'd won or not. And obviously, because I'm not looking at it from the outside, I'm in the ring fighting. Mm-hmm. I thought, have I done enough or have I lost this? So uh, I was panicking. Yeah, my heart was racing to the desert. Um, you, you, we know that you've got power and you can rely on that. Were, yeah. you, were you going into that fight expecting it to be the swinging for the fences fight that it ended up being? Yeah, we planned for it. We knew what we knew it was best because uh, even Jamie said it's going to be really hard to get sparring yeah. of that style. So it was hard. It's very hard to prepare for Justin McCaskill because he was saying, like, you can't say to the lads, oh, go running at Chantel and do this, do that, because the lads have got to walk into shots then as well. So it weren't really going to be fair on him to tell the boys in the gym to do that to me. And then... Um, other girls aspiring to Mara Taylor, like her style, she, she's bigger and she's more technical, but she's not that wild style and mm. not headbutting and throwing each other around and stuff. So it's, just, it's got one of the fights you can't prepare for. I think it's just you just got to grit your teeth and you just got to start strong and finish strong. So just all in my head when I was in the fight is make sure I land the shot. Yeah. And when she throws, make sure I finish the finish the. Um, punch out because then I thought to myself as long as I do that then hopefully the judge is going to favour me I thought what was very impressive Addy Chantel is you never you fought with your eyes up the whole time and she wasn't she wasn't she was she was hoping for punches at time that was also the game plan is um, the whole camp it was so it's actually Nigel mainly it whacking me around the head with the pads, saying, eyes open, eyes open. So yeah, we were exactly. prepared for that. So um, yeah. even just doing pad work and that, I was getting beaten up a bit if I'd like switched off or started like dropping my gallows from it. So for the, the whole 12 weeks, it was very focused on keeping my eyes wide open 
and being maybe aware that anything could be thrown at any time. You did it. How strong was she, Shan? Like, those last couple of rounds, she looked like she started to get a third or fourth wind and she looked like she was imposing that strength for the last couple at least. Was she stronger than you expected? I know you'd been sparring guys in the lead up to this, so obviously you've been manhandled and you're used to that strength, but was she a bit stronger than you thought? Um, I knew she was going to be strong anyway because I've seen her, uh, like what she's done to other opponents. I've seen what she's done to Katie. Yeah, I can't remember. How, I think it's four years ago or something. Yeah. So I watched that fight and thought, oh, like that's the first time you've seen Katie really get a bit hurt in the ring. And uh, so I knew that. And then obviously I've seen her with other opponents, Cecilia Brackhouse, and I um, can't remember her last opponent's name where she put on the stool. So I knew that she was powerful. But I think it's more, it's not her power, it's her relentlessness. I think she quite, she, she overwhelms people. And mm. the, the last few rounds, I was thinking, oh God, like, <laughs> she just keeps running at me and keeps coming. <laughs> and I think I was, I was shocked at how fit she was because we thought she was going to tire. We thought, I'm going to pick a move, make her miss and make her pay. And I was going to take the sting out of her. And we were shocked that she did keep coming at me. I think that's what we shocked. She was powerful, but she wasn't like knockout power. I think there was a couple of headbutts that hurt me, but punch-wise, it was just I just adapted to it. I think I think I took some good shots, and I think they weren't like stop me in my tracks kind of shots. Mm. Uh, going forward, um, let's go, that's done now. You undisputed, and let's move on to what next. I saw your tweet um, that you put out March seventeenth. Let's get it on Katie Taylor Croke Park. That's what you want, right? There are two big options. There's Katie Taylor. And fingers crossed you're in the sweepstakes for that. And then there's Jessica McCaskill's belts at 147. So you've got a couple of really big options there. Obviously, Katie Taylor's the one you want. Has there been anything whatsoever from Eddie? Like, you know what? If it's not Serrano, it could be you. Um, not to me, direct, no. There's. I think Eddie said in an interview or something that if... Um, so I think he's talking about the winner with me and McCaskill. If... Serrano doesn't fight, then the winner of me and McCaskill gets Katie Taylor. Mm. But to be honest, I've heard that a few times. Um, if I do this, I get Katie Taylor. If I do that, I get Katie Taylor. So it's nothing new to me. I'm just throwing my name in the hat so that if the opportunity is there and they add to someone, then people know, look, I'm there and I'm willing to step in. And I think now I've got the credentials to be able to take that fight because I'm an undisputed champion, whereas there's been times where it's like, I'm not a world champion, so you have to be a world champion to fight Katie. Then I've become a world champion and the fight didn't happen. And then it was, if you win undisputed, you get to fight Katie. And now I'm undisputed. <laughs> so I'm like, here I am. I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything that's asked of me. So I think I deserve a shot now. Do you think you've got the blueprint? I mean, I think... Um... I think Tasha Jonas and Delphine Pursun has shown with Katie that if you could draw into, draw her into a toe-to-toe -to -toe battle, she can't avoid it. Do you know what I mean? Do you yeah. feel you've got the style to do that to her as well? I think uh, that's why the fight's not happened. I yeah, think. yeah. I don't People think you're wrong. People know that I've got a good work rate. I'll, I'll come forward. I'll take a shot to give a shot. And I think I'm bigger and stronger than Katie. I think... Um, Katie's boxing's excellent. She's definitely a more skillful boxer than me. That's without question. But I think um, strength and power-wise, and my fitness, yeah, I think I think I'll get the win over Katie. I think I'll hurt her, and I think I'll overwhelm her. 
Um, you've always said that to me. You've got the you've got the professional style, the fighter's style over her amateur style. I remember you saying that to me in central London one day when we talked, you know? Yeah. Um, what was it like? And we'll end on this one as well, Shen. Being out there, Abu Dhabi, the experience. Um, obviously, look, they're trying to grow the sport in those regions, especially female boxing, which just hasn't really been... It's been non-existent, let's be honest. You were the first ever female world champion in that Middle Eastern region. You done that. You ticked that box. So talk to me about that and just the experience of being out there, the hot weather, the food. I was out there. It was really nice, right? It was fun. What was your experience like? Yeah, I think... Uh... Just the fact that I've become a street champion is unbelievable, but the fact that I've made history with it, and not just not just making history from undisputed world champion, me and McCaskill, we made history having the first championship female fight in Abu Dhabi. So I've, I've made history twice in one fight, and I've never done that before. So that's uh, to me, that's going to be something I'm always going to remember, and I'm always going to love Abu Dhabi now because I think it's it's become my favourite favorite country now i think because uh it's just gonna be good memories there but the whole fight week we had if you, me and my team you see us was laughing was joking i was relaxed and i think uh that was another victory to my win is the fact that the whole week i was in the biggest fight of my life and you would have thought i was there on holiday and mm-hmm. i think uh that had the biggest impact on my performance as well because my team they do make sure that they're very good at making sure that we don't overthink, we don't panic, we don't put pressure on ourselves. Especially with Nigel and Jamie, like they're just always messing about, mucking about, and <laughs> Every, making, everyone had their belts tight around Nigel. Everyone yeah, was scared, yeah. thinking, Nigel, don't do this to us in the Middle East. Please, do not do it. A quick word on Jamie Moore. I, I think, and look, you, you probably heard me ask him yesterday, like, do you care that you're not getting the respect that I think he does deserve to get? Like every time everyone talks about trainers you always hear that you know that yet the adam boost come up no one really mentions jamie moore and the job him and nigel travis doing how good is he do you know what jamie moore like he's um, like that's that's i say it to everyone the best thing about jamie moore is he doesn't want credit and he deserves the credit but he doesn't want it he, he generally doesn't want it so um there's other coaches and stuff that it's about them it's all about them them being like famous coaches and mm. everyone talking about them being a good coach and their face being everywhere, them doing all the interviews. But Jamie and Nigel, they generally don't care about that. And with us, it doesn't matter if you're an undisputed champion, you're a British champion, or you're doing a six pounder, every single one of us is treated the same. And I think that's what makes him such a good coach. And they they just care about the fighters, win or lose, then they're never going to like turn their back on you. But I, I definitely think Jamie, like, he needs a lot more credit than what he gets. Yes, and Nigel, what they, yeah, what they do for all of us is unbelievable. And I think if you look now just at um, my fights and the tactics that we pull out from my fights with Mary McGee, Jessica McCaskill, and how they can just adapt my style and get me to box different different styles of fights with different opponents. And then mm. you look at Jack Catwell and Josh Taylor, you see that how good they are at actually making game plans and getting us to Yeah, look, it's worked. It's worked so far. Um, it could be, and he should be double undisputed. He should have two undisputed in a camp, which would, I think, the first 
trainer in history, I think. And honestly, it would be incredible. Uh, Shan, good luck. Well done. If it's not uh, Katie Taylor next, then fingers crossed it is Jessica McCaskill. I think you'll take her belts from that 147 as well. But regardless, good luck in the future for wherever it is. We'll be here supporting you, no doubt about that. All right, listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to look ahead to some of the weekend's action, including, and look, we have to call it what it is, it's a bizarre fight between 50-0 Floyd Mayweather and YouTube sensation Deji. <laughs> exhibition fight this time he takes on KSI's younger brother Deji uh, that's in Dubai it's this Sunday it's a decent little fight card as well by the way I mean Delphin Bassoon's on the fight card if you're talking serious boxers she's there she's fighting so it should be entertaining uh, Floyd will win this with one arm tied behind his back and maybe even both arms tied behind his back if I'm honest with you that he's that clearly that good but it's going to be entertaining nonetheless uh, Gareth A. Davis caught up with Floyd Mayweather and started by asking Floyd about how he feels to be inspiring a new generation of boxing fans just by fighting in these exhibition fights if you guys don't know, I am the, basically the pioneer of exhibitions. I've started this. This is something that I started, and I also started um, both, you know, because uh, it's, it's a combat sport. So I was able to mix uh, a boxer with an MMA fighter and mix that also. And I also, you know, as far as just doing exhibitions, traveling all around the world doing exhibitions. So I feel I'm the pioneer of doing it. I think you were doing it the last 10 years of your boxing career, by the way. <laughs> a little, well, a little bit, From a little Canelo bit. onwards, you were kind of doing exhibitions. Well, <laughs> there's no, there's no one. Uh, listen, I've covered you for 25 years. Thank there's you. no one with those skills on earth. Well, you know, I'm, I'm truly, truly blessed, and you know, I can, I can never overlook anyone. I want to say thank you to all the fans from around the world that have supported me. I wouldn't be where I'm at without the fans. And so many people work with this behind the scenes. And are you serious about coming here in February? Because we'd love to see you in the UK in a big stadium, um, Wembley Stadium. I, I, I've been talking with Ken. Hopefully we're able to come over here and make it happen. You know, in due time. We, we just don't know. You'll never give it up, will you? I, 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 don't, I don't have to fight. I don't have to fight. Yeah, but you still love it. No. You don't no, love it anymore? No. It just, it just, it's a quick pick, quick pick up, have something to do, and keep me in shape. He's right, though, isn't it? Quick pick up, and he's, he's in great shape, especially, what is he, 45 now? Let's hear from his opponent on Saturday, Deji. Uh, YouTube Boxing has done a lot to bring attention to the sport from younger fans and integrate them with the hardcore fans. That's what he said. I feel like with uh, crossover boxing, YouTube boxing, I feel like, uh, obviously, there are going to be people who are upset about it, thinking that we're making a mockery of the sport. But truth to be told, we're working hard, we're, we're training, we're putting in the hours, we're dedicating our lives to boxing. Yeah. Oh, and it's, you, like I said, uh, you can tell the people who are and the people who aren't from, mm. from a mile away. So mm. in terms of, uh, I, I feel like we're actually somewhat helping the sports because we're bringing more eyes to the sport. That's the question, isn't it? People have had those debates and arguments. Is it doing the sport more damage? Is it good for the sport? I still feel like I'm somewhere in the in the middle. But I will say this about the YouTubers, the big ones as well, the Deji's, the Jake Paul's, the KSI's. They don't need to be doing this. These guys are millionaires and make millions doing whatever they want to do. So the fact that they are willing to get in the ring and risk and risk health let's be honest i mean it's not easy um credit to them are you caught up with both that was your interviews there speaking to deji and floyd quickly on the floyd one um 
you ask him that question, you're going to be doing this. And I'm with you. He's going to keep doing this forever. He seemed to almost be like, well, I'll do it when I need to, when the money's right. But I think he loves it. And he's almost like he doesn't want to admit to himself that he's addicted to this sport. Adi, you heard him when I said I've covered you for 25 years and there's no one with the skills you've got on earth. And it just, it's nice to remind Floyd of what you've seen him do, Mm. you know. Um, He's thrilled me. It was always a thrill to watch him live. He is so fast. He is so erudite in the ring. He is genuinely the professor of hit and not be hit. Yeah. And but and he can take on all styles. And he had a big grin on his face when I was saying that to him. It was videoed as well. And um it was it's always nice to see him. You know, it 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 it's it's always nice to see him. And I was trying to make the point to him that doesn't matter if the 10.7 million subscribers that Deji's got believe that he's gonna knock Floyd out, which they believe because they're fervent fans of his. What's fascinating is they are seeing a master craftsman at the end of his kind of athletic life, if you like, and he's still brilliant. Deji may not, may not lay a glove on him all night, and that's the big issue. For I, I want him to, because, you know, it's the same <laughs> exhibition fight that he had recently where the guy actually tried to hit him and did, and Floyd was like, okay, no more exhibition, I'm just going to hit you back. So I wouldn't mind Deji to go for it, Land, <laughs> land one somewhere on the body on the knee anything just land one and Floyd to then turn up the gears and for us to kind of see because he's still got it let's be honest for us to see a bit of Floyd not yes. playing around um, you I, know, don't wanna, I don't want to see a glorified sparring session I want to see yeah. a fight and, and the funny thing is you said just now about these guys oh, don't need to do this Deji KSI the, the Paul brothers look what Logan Paul did the other the other day in WWE and uh, yeah tore his ACL yeah. and, and tore his ACL like he threw himself into it they're not they're not playing at this they're doing it so mm. good luck to them is what I say yes it's a bit juvenile at times um but, you know, and, and Floyd felt like the granddaddy up there on stage at, at the York Hall, Bethnal Green. And he, you know, he, he does his bits and pieces that he's meant to do. And he lets the, the youngsters run around and, and play their games. But Deji respects him deeply, I tell you that. He certainly does. Gareth, has always, my man, thank you very much. We didn't even get to talk about some of the great fights we've got coming up this weekend. Denzel Bentley versus Alan Canali, Sonny Edwards versus Felix Alvarado, and UFC 281 as well. Adesonia versus Pereira. That there is going to be something special. Let's not forget Adesonia's coming into that fight, having fought Pereira twice, once by knockout defeat and another one he lost on points, so he's looking for a bit of revenge. But we'll recap all that next week, Tuesday. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.